This week, we're going to talk about how the church can and should be devoted. Of course, we're in a series called Uncensored, and it's the church according to the book of Acts. We're talking about the church as it can and should be. So as we talk about devotion today, I want you to know the church can and should be devoted, but devotion requires a center of attention. The problem is there is a lot of devotion that we center our attention on. I'm devoted to a lot of things. And the one thing that you can count on with me is I'm going to be I'm going to completely transparent and vulnerable with you. I am I am devoted sometimes to things as my center of attention more than I am to Jesus. And that's the problem. Is when I stop centering my attention on Jesus, and I go after the fruit. I go after the thing, the byproduct of devotion, okay, without being devoted myself. Can you relate? Sometimes, I, I, I'm going to make a statement. Uh, sometimes we want to go after the retirement 401k, the payoff, but we don't remain devoted to the investment. And so today, I want to I tell you, no matter where you stand, no matter where you sit, no matter where you are in the spectrum of understanding who God is, your relationship with God, we are all, as humans, we are all devoted to something, or we're devoted to many things. Uh, and so as people of the church, and therefore as the church, are we devoted to pursuing Jesus as our center? So we're going to talk about devotion today. As the church and you know could and should have, and it's dependable, determined, and it's diligent. We're going to talk about how devotion is dependable, determined, and diligent. I'm going to jump in in a passage. We've been in the book of Acts, of course, and I'm going to read Acts two, verse forty-two to forty-seven. Before I do that, I just want to quickly say I love this part of the book of Acts. It's one of my favorite scriptures. And something important for you to know, to contextualize the writing of Luke who wrote this book, Acts. This passage in and of itself sets the tone and the foundation for everything that we see happen in the remainder of the book of Acts. It sets the tone for the church as it can and it should be for the remainder of history. And so we're going to talk about chiefly the first verse in 42. I'm going to read the whole thing, but we're going to focus on verse 42. Acts 2.42 says all. Now I'm going to stop because we need to understand who all is. Okay, there was 120 in the beginning of the book of Acts. In chapter 2, there was 120 followers of Jesus waiting in a room. That's what Jesus told them to do. And this guy Peter that, that uh, Lindsay did such a great job last week talking about, this guy Peter delivers the first sermon of the newly born church. And the end result of that was 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. So we have 3,000 new people following Jesus plus the original 120. Someone who's quick with math, tell me, how many people now are we talking about? Roughly 3,120. So when I read this, all the believers devoted themselves. Now let me stop for a second. I can't get the nine other people that live in my home together on one page 
let alone imagine 3,120 people, all of them with their focus, their center of attention, their devotion aimed in the same direction. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of them. How many? How many was all? 3,000. Turn to somebody and say 3,120. I cannot imagine. That takes an act of God. So we have all the believers devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching, to fellowship. It says they're devoted to the sharing of meals, including communion, and to prayer. So what are they devoted to? They're devoted to teaching, fellowship, one another's, community, being together, not isolation, not this weird, I'm an alone Christian who goes it on my own. That's not biblical. Okay, we, that, that, that doesn't even fit into scripture. And to sharing meals. You know, something happens when you sit down and you share a meal with people. Something powerful happens in the intimacy of breaking bread one in another. So they're, 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 they're submitted and devoted to the teaching of the apostles to the hanging out together, the fellowship and what that brings, the oxytocin that gets released when you're with other humans, like the endorphins when you're talking to somebody and your brain is stimulated. There's a reason why you weren't created for loneliness. To the breaking of bread and to prayer, these are the things that they were devoted to. Now, let's look at the outcome of their devotion. Let's look at the outcome of their devotion. Verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all. How many of them? All of them. How many is all? God, you guys are crushing it. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers, guess what I'm going to ask you? How many? All. How many is all? Okay. And all the believers met together in one place. What? Are you serious? All of them met together in one place. Man, if you call the movement church your home, are you devoted to meeting together with other people in one place? I, 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 I would contend to say there is something beautiful about the exchange of our humanity when we meet together in one place. Something powerful occurs. It says they sold the property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. All. How many is all? 3,000. Half of you are still crushing it. And each day the Lord added to the fellowship those who were being saved. So we have 3,120, and the byproduct of their devotion is more people are being added. Okay? 3,000 people are added to the original 120 as the first action of the first church because they're devoted. So number one, let's talk about this. A devoted church is dependable. A devoted church is dependable. It says all of them were devoted. So what, what, is, what does this word devoted mean? Uh, this word devotion 
is conti- means continued steadfastly. If you look it up in the Greek, continued steadfastly. Let me break that down. It's to give constant attention to a thing. To give constant attention to a thing. Uh, I'm devoted to eating. I lo- Listen, anyone who knows me, I carry a bag of food with me. Anyone who knows me, I'm con- people are like, are, are you always eating? I'm in the middle of a meeting. I'm like taking out a stick of butter because I need fat in my system because I've trained so much that day. And literally, like J- Pastor Julie can attest to this. I'm sitting in a meeting with her one time and I break out a-, a block of butter and I start slicing off and eating the butter. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm devoted. <laughs> I'm devoted to, to, to food. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. I'm devoted to, to, to my nutrition. I, I'm paying constant attention to it. You know, if you feel a little bit of hunger, how many of you are like, I think I need to go to the cupboard and look in it again for the 20th time, although nothing is new in the cupboard? You know, five minutes ago, there was nothing that you wanted to eat? (laughs) Suddenly, like, the refrigerator genie somehow was like, (laughs) This word steadfast is is not a word we typically use. So let me give you some words that are synonyms to steadfast. Dutifully firm and unwavering is what it means. Here's some words. Loyal, faithful, committed, dedicated, reliable, steady, true, constant, firm, trusty, resolute, relentless, wholehearted, full-hearted. I love those ones. That's like Braveheart moment. Like wholehearted, like "Ah, freedom. You know, I'm gonna paint my dress in a skirt, paint my face blue. Okay, I'm on one this morning. Here's the deal. This is what I want you to know about our little family here. We aim for dependability. We aim for dependability. I am so proud of our church. Do you know why? Because we just had a rough couple years. But you know what? We were dependable. But let me tell you something. It wasn't us that was dependable. I'm proud of our team because let me just describe for you what, when I say we aim for dependability, we remain devoted to teach Christ and Christ crucified. Why is that important? We have to ask ourselves, in the midst of circumstances, where is Jesus in the story? What is he doing? How is he moving? We, we, we aim for dependability. Teaching Jesus Christ provides dependability and a sense of center. If I teach you the three ways to be a better person, to, be, to, to live good, but I leave out godly living, I can teach good living minus Jesus-centeredness, and I'm not teaching Godly living. I I would venture to say that what we need most in our society is godly living. Why? Because the fruit of it is what we're after. But we try to vote. We try to press. We try to protest. We try to do all these things centered around, which are good, great, that's awesome. We should do those things with Jesus as the center. Come on, are you, are you with me this morning? So as we answer the cry, our church, this is why I'm proud, as we answer the cry of needing real solutions for real problems, because that's what we do in community here. We see real needs, and we answer them with real solutions. So there's kids down the street, these little kids 
suffering. They didn't ask to be here. What are we going to do? We want to bring real solutions to real needs. However, however, we got to do it with Jesus-centered devotion. Why are you doing this? The answer is not because I'm a good person. And philanthropy makes me feel good. It's because there is a Christ, there is a Jesus, there is a Savior that did something with zero requirement for reciprocation. And so we aim for dependability with Christ at the center. The church is only dependable if it's dependent on Jesus Christ. So Paul says this to his friends in Corinthians. He says, in 1 Corinthians 2, and it says, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I, <laughs> I would forget what? Everything except what? Except Jesus Christ. Paul's not saying that we're going to throw out the practicalities and the logistics of life. What he's saying is at the end of the day, I can teach you the three ways to get unstuck in life, perhaps. But if I don't direct you to the center of attention being Jesus as the dependability, I'm failing. Because you and I need Jesus as our center. Life is going to do all kinds of crazy things. The common thought of culture is to strive for independence, especially in America. We raise, I'm just going to talk as a parent, we raise our kids to teach them to be what? Independent. So we, we aim and we strive for independence. But we have to understand that it truly only begins in dependence. Your independence to stand alone, when you feel like you're alone, this thought of independence that's actually a falsehood because you're not going to ever be able to do whatever it takes just on your own, it really begins in dependence on Jesus Christ. And we need to stay centered on that. We aim as a church for dependability. So complete dependence on Jesus is the foundation of a devoted church. And that's what we aim for. Number two, a devoted church is determined. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe devotion in a different way. It's a collective lean into Jesus with full trust. I love this idea of leaning. It's a collective lean into Jesus with full trust. The devoted church is determined to lean with full trust on Jesus as our center. I love this idea because to be determined is to make a firm decision. Are you determined? Have you made a firm decision? Let, let, me, let me give you some, some colorful ways to look at this. I know that determined devotion is hardwired into humanity. 
just like we all are putting something at the center of our attention, the determined devotion is hardwired. We're built to lean into something. So we lean into ourselves, okay? It, it's, it's about me, it's about I, it's about my identity, it's about, it's about what I get out of the business deal. It's about, what, it, it's about what the church gives me. It's about what my job gives me. It's about what my spouse gives me. It's about what my children do for me. So we, we get determined, we, we make a firm decision that everything exists to be devoted to us. So we can be determined in our devotion with ourselves at the center. Or perhaps numbing devices. These are my favorite. You know, drinking, doing drugs, over-sexualizing our life through pornography and other measures. How about this, spending money? How about making money? How about being hyper-focused on your fitness? Whoa, that preaches to me. I'm serious. There are all kinds of ways. How about information? Some of us are addicted to consuming information. Like people that, that, you know, I read these amazing stories about people that have like 75 degrees and they've been in college and they're 90 years old still. And I'm like, that's amazing. But what did you do? That's consuming, but that's not producing. The purpose of consumption is so you can go out and produce. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, that preaches to somebody. Determination is necessary as the pounding of life takes a toll on the human heart. Have you felt that before? You want me to say that again? <laughs> the determination of devotion is necessary as the pounding of life takes a toll on the human heart. I would venture to say that no matter who you are, no matter what your income is, no matter where you were born, no matter what you believe about God, Jesus, us singing songs, how we sing songs, church, Republican, Democrat, radically in the middle, I don't, I, I like, all those things don't change the fact that you and I as humans, we feel the toll of the pounding of life on our heart. Have you ever felt that before? I have. This week, there's a moment, I was like, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, that, whoa. That was like a sucker punch. And it weighs on us. John 16, 31, Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now. When you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Listen, make a firm decision. You're not alone. The Father's with you. Make a firm decision. You're not alone. Make a firm decision. Be determined in your devotion why you're not alone. The Father's with you. But my Father left me. Don't judge the creator of the universe by the imperfection of the fathers and mothers that we see in society. It is unfair and wrong. 
We're comparing apples and oranges, the imperfect being to the perfect creator. He says, I, this is Jesus, he says, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows. I love, he's so, he's so definitive about this. You will have many trials and sorrows. I think the longer I go in my life, the more hair I lose, the more gray it gets, the more I look older and my wife looks younger. I don't know how that happens. She looks like she's like 16 and I look like I'm like 69. My kids tell me that. They're like, Dad, you look so old, and Mom looks amazing. I was like, I know, she's hot, huh? Okay. Listen to Jesus. Listen to what he says. But what? Take. Come on. Can you say something to yourself right now? Life has taken a toll on my human heart. but I'm determined to be devoted to Christ-centered attention. Because listen to what Jesus says. Because I have overcome the world. He's not saying that there aren't going to be battles along the way. What he's saying is the war has been won. And that determination in my devotion says, I'm going to be on the, here's a funny common cultural cliche that I I keep hearing. I'm going to be on the right side of history. (laughs) Listen, if a human tells me that I need to get on board their idea to be on the right side of history, bro. You know, Hitler told people that. Listen, I want to be on the right side of history by being determined in my devotion to Christ and Christ alone at my center. Because there's amazing humans out there, but we all falter at some point. Amen? So Jesus tells us to take heart, stay devoted, stay determined. You're leaning into something with determination, but are you leaning into Jesus with determination? We're determined as a church to remain devoted as we can and we should be. But once the decision's been made to be determined, now we need to be diligent because we need to remain. Diligence means the devotion to Jesus remains constant. Constant is not perfect. It's pursuit. Let me say that again for someone. Constant means I'm in pursuit. And when I fall down, the famous song says, I get up again. Ain't nothing going to keep me down. I need a DJ. Some of you in the room that know me are like, God, please do not give him a DJ. I rebuke that. Look, 3,120 followers were remaining diligent in their pursuit 
of attendance and participation to the apostles' teaching fellowship, the sharing meals with one another, and to prayer. It's not about perfection, it's about our pursuit. And as a church, I think we can and we should be diligent, remaining constant. It's a wholehearted, all-in approach to say, my heart is all in, and when my flesh tells me not to be, I'm sorry, my heart is stitched to the center. Devotion, uh, real quickly, I would describe it like this. Uh, when, when Shandra and I, when we first started the church, uh, we were teaching a marriage class, and I forget the author. This is not an original thought of mine. Um, we were going through a book, and there's this idea that marriage, you know, I hear this still to this day, you know, like, what is marriage? Oh, marriage is like 50-50. Have you heard this before? Man, Here's the problem. I don't want 50% of my wife. I don't want 50% of what Jesus promised. This, this diligence, this, this constancy, this pursuit says, like marriage, you know, Christ is the bridegroom in Scripture and the church is the bride, that the church would be in pursuit, constancy, and say, I'm just going to continue to show up with all my heart, regardless of reciprocation. Go ahead, James, you can jump up here with me, man. Marriage is 100 100, right? So the, so the aim is, I'm going to give 100. That we need to give 100. Jesus gave 100. While we were yet still sinners, he gave himself. Zero promise. We need to give 100. The problem is, is that everything is a value proposition in our society today. What value are you going to bring me? If you don't bring me any value, screw you. And we're fighting each, over, each other over who wins. But there is no win if we both don't win. The only way for me to win is if I give 100%. Why? Because when I give 100% to my wife, it helps her become 100% of who she's supposed to be. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other night, and he said something, and it, 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 it struck my heart. He was talking about his relationship with his wife. And he, he, he made a statement that was very similar to what I'm saying, and... and it struck my heart because I was like, gosh, am I giving a hundred of myself all in, full-hearted, regardless? What's the church doing for me? <laughs> Is that what it's about? Here's the thing. When I give a hundred to my wife, when Christ gave 100% of himself to the church, he then gave the church the empowerment that it needed to be who it can and should be. That when you're diligent in your devotion as an individual, and you say, I'm going to remain and I'm going to be constant, I'm not going to base this on reciprocation, it's not a value proposition. What you're doing is you're empowering, can I just kind of be honest with you? You're empowering our little church to be who it can and it should be. 
And too often what happens is we're like, hey, how come the church isn't blah, blah, blah? I'm like, because... Okay, just buckle up, buttercup, what I'm about to say. Because you're not devoted 100%. How come my spouse... Uh, about, I almost went like marriage conference inappropriate right there how come my husband doesn't treat me how come my wife doesn't unveil her I'm going to say this nicely unveil herself more for me in my life okay and I'm like because you don't give 100% bro you're showing up with 50 and you expect 100 from her you're like, drop the rope. And she's like, drop your pride, bro. Right? Okay, conversely, women, come on. I think, Shannon, I need to have a marriage conference. Conversely, women, this is not a results-based business. When your husband does the yard work the way that you want, then you disrobe. No. Am I getting real right now? (laughs) I'm speaking metaphorically about life together in our church, right? And we're like, hey, how come I I want intimacy? And I'm like, but you're not giving intimacy. You know, you, you know, it's funny. It's the most vocal people about what the church could be doing wrong are the people that invest the least. Own it. Investment brings influence. So here's what I want to tell you. I, I, lo- I love this. We are diligent as a church. So I want to thank some people. Because I I think we need to hear this. Our church is devoted. We're dependable. We are determined and we are diligent. Thank you to you ministry leaders that are getting the five in the morning wake up calls when somebody's child has been hurt. Thank you to those of you who are answering text messages seven days a week and who are getting on the phone and praying with people. Thank you to those ministry leaders and those of you who are part of our church who are are devoted and leaning in and you're answering the call of ministry, that you're spending time with our children. You You know the kids that were up here just now leading the rest of us in worship? Thank you to you ministry leaders because I'm going to tell you something. The Movement Church is a devoted church. The Movement Church is a dependable church because of you ministry leaders. And you guys, if you're sitting on the sideline, I want you to hear this. There's something happening here. And if I don't talk about it, you just may think like I walk in on Sunday and I walk out. There is so much happening in the in-between hours during the week where people aren't able to sleep because they're answering the call to be devoted and to love people. And I want to thank you this morning, Movement Church leaders and volunteers and my staff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The city of San Marcos thanks you. The kid down the street who got that uniform and that backpack at San Marcos Elementary, they thank you. You know the thousand people that get fed here every month? They thank you. Thank you. 
Man, we need some gratitude. We, we need to say, devotion is like full of gratitude. I am so thankful for you, wife. I am so thankful for you, Movement Church. I am so thankful for you, friend. I am so thankful for you, boss, employer. I'm so thankful for you, manager. I'm so thankful for you, employee. I'm so thankful for you, neighbor. I'm so thankful for you, police officer. I'm so thankful for you, friend. I am devoted to you. I am willing to give 100% of me to you. And I'm not going to ask for anything in return. Thank you. I'm going to tell you something. If you aren't part of what I just said, I just, I have nothing else to say to you except this. You're missing out. You are missing out on something beautiful. It is not about showing up here on a Sunday morning. This isn't it. This is like the, hey, high five. How you good? Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is that. The life in between. You're missing out, man. We are so good in our pursuit. Notice what I said. Not perfection. We are so good in our pursuit of devotion. I'm so proud of our team. We're going to get it wrong sometimes. But what's our aim? Dependability determination and diligence. Would you stand with me this morning? Next week, I'm going to talk about the byproduct of this devotion. The one another's. Some practical things. I'm going to give you some practical things on what you can do here in our family. Because I'm going to, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When you have a good thing, you never want your friends to miss out. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. This is a good church family. You guys are good. You guys are great. So I'm going to give you an opportunity next week to step into some things. Why? Because I think it's going to be the best opportunity you've ever been given. The best invitation you've ever been given in your entire life. Marriage conference. Is that what you want? Bro, I'll teach everybody how to have seven kids. Just give me a dry erase board, some stick figures. Done. I just can't teach anybody how to have boys. I need, yeah, I, I, need, I need some dad dads, or boy dads to help me out. Okay, listen, folk, you got me on focus, Brandy. Bro, you're determined, all right. I chase butterflies on my own. I don't need help. Okay. Listen, here's what I want to do. This week, it was, this was a posture of our hearts. I needed you to hear how amazing our church is. Not because I'm being boastful or proud, but if I boast of anything, I boast of Jesus and Jesus alone. I want to tell you something. We are in pursuit of Jesus. And I think you want to be part of that. Would you please join me in closing your eyes? What I would ask you, the activation that I want you to engage with this week is that when you walk out of here, I want you to read Acts 2.42. I want you to think about those four things, the teaching, the fellowship, 
the one another, eating together, the breaking of bread, just the sharing of life, the intimacy, and the prayer. And posture yourself this week and ask the Lord to reveal to you just one, because maybe all, but let's just, we can do anything how many times? One time. So let's just pick one. And God say, this week, what are you posturing my heart toward that I need to lean in to? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ here this morning, and you, you need to take, you need to be leaning on Jesus here this morning. Do not leave this place. In fact, I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now. This is the most, in, in all honesty, this is the most important part of the morning. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you are putting your trust and faith in Jesus, if you're not leaning on him, and you wanna do that today, would you, just to acknowledge it, because I, I wanna be able to draw attention just between you and I, would you raise your hand so I can see you? Here's what's amazing. I don't see any hands. You know what that means? That all of you are fully vetted followers of Jesus. It's time to get, listen, it's time to get on board. I'm so proud of us. I cannot wait to see what God's gonna do in this little family. Lord, we thank you. Lord, reveal to us how we can lean in until we're here next week again, attentive, devoted, participating. Lord, we look forward to seeing what it is that you want to do. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen.